With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Not much. No, not, not really too much going on. Uh, uh, oh. There was that stretch. I saw like three movies in a row. It was great. And then I thought about going to see the Blue Beetle movie because uh, they had good reviews. And then I was just busy yesterday. <laughs> was about it. We're back into the grind. We're back into the grind of writing and writing everything and- else. Yeah, back in the grind of football training camp. It's the last week of training camp, which I always kind of feel like training camp's over the week before the last preseason game because it's not open anymore. The practices are a little more behind the scenes. The people, when it comes to media, they're there for a certain period of time, and then uh, we don't see anything about the walkthroughs that happen earlier in the morning. But preseason game number three is coming up. We'll get to that on Thursday. I want to back it up just a little bit to the tie against Atlanta. Um, let's start with the offensive line play because I think that's been the topic of discussion again all offseason when it comes to right tackle Jonah Williams, Jackson Carmen. Uh, what did you really take away from from some of the starters and just even backups in general when it comes to to that play on on Friday night? I think Carmen looked fine at left tackle. Uh, it's probably below his playoff performance, but I mean it's above where he, what he showed in preseason week one to me he just seems like a left tackle only backup and I think they're going to be comfortable keeping that I don't know if he's even going to be the first left tackle off the bench because you might move Jonah Williams over it could be Deontay Smith because I think Deontay has also looked a little bit better at left tackle than he has at right tackle but he's more versatile and could play both it could be Adenogy we still don't know um yeah there's a ton of options there and I'm not sure which one they were going to go with, but I think that that game kind of showed to me that Carmen is left tackle only as a backup because they moved him to right tackle and the results were poor again. Um, Deontay, I thought wasn't as good in this game, Deontay Smith, but it feels like they might like him as a swing tackle, but that's a hard read for me right now because they're giving him those snaps. They're letting him play both sides. He's doing okay on both sides of the, of the line. What do you think? Are you you able to read it all? Because I think Carmen's going to make the team, but I think they're going to pick one of Adenogy or Smith because keeping both is a little redundant, having a guy that can swing both sides and he's got some issues 
here and there. Uh, wh what's your read on that? Do you think that they just know what Adenogy is and they're just giving Smith these reps, or do you think it's Adenogy's behind them? I obviously think with this coaching staff, it is they want to take the best player available in that position. I think they have really hard decisions to make for the depth on the team overall in a lot of positions, but I think they know what they have in a Hakeem. But at the same time, he's also had the opportunities in a starting role. And, yeah, it's nice to have that safety because you never know what it looks like towards the end of the season. And he's been in playoff games, really important games, the Super Bowl. Um, but I think performance is what matters. And do they feel like there's more potential with Smith and just keeping him on the roster and just saying, look, we know what we have with Hakeem, but maybe it's time to move on. Yeah, Hakeem looks the same as he always does, which I think in the preseason against twos and threes is good. But – Smith, you don't know what you're getting, really. I think it was a little telling that Carmen started at left tackle instead of Smith. So I, that's why – and he's a second-round pick. The last time they cut a second-round pick, I think, was 2002. So <laughs> he's probably going to mm -hmm. see the end of that deal uh, unless there's anything comes out. Well, I guess something did come out, and they still kept him. So, you know, if something else comes out, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but – I see, and I think there's value to Carmen on the field too. I think they want him as the extra offensive lineman, especially before Lyle is healthy. They want him to because you can run block from either side. That's that hasn't been an issue. The, all the issues with the right side has been uh, pass protection because it's just when you learn run blocks, I'm going to learn how to reach left and I'm going to learn how to reach right or how to take you know my drop step and inside and. I can't remember. <laughs> inside zone to my left, inside zone to my right, base blocks, everything. Pooling, that would be the one thing. But you're the extra offensive lineman isn't really going to pool that often. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you usually just learn that basically one way, at least for pulling kick and pulling lead versus those pin pull. But well, Ed, I'm getting into minutia. Nobody cares about this point. Um, <laughs> I think he's fine as a run blocker on either side. So you can use him as the uh, extra offensive lineman, the pseudo tight end for those formations. And he provides value there because he has a lot of power. It's, I'm not saying he's a fantastic run blocker, but I think he can move people. Um, there are some issues and that's usually getting to the right spot and sustaining his blocks and tracking at the second level. But when it comes to just, I want, why can't we just like knock that guy backwards? He could do that. <laughs> if you ask him to knock a guy backwards, he could do that. He could do that better than Smith, Adenogy, probably any of the backup offensive linemen and some of the starters. And that's why I think some people are very excited about the idea that he might've been able to steal that right tackle job, but comes down to it. I, I never really thought it was a real competition. Yeah. He didn't, he was no longer in that. I mean, probably before preseason week one, but preseason week one really showed that he wasn't in that competition. It's interesting. He's a, an interesting player and in what to do with. Uh, if you don't think of the value of a second round pick and everybody else that went around him, there is a use for him on the team. You just kind of have to ignore like, they could have had Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith, and now they're on the Bengals' biggest opponent for the Super Bowl instead. 
I mean, that miss hurts. And it's one of those things like we could look at all the drafts that the Cincinnati Bengals have actually had. You can go to 2020, 2021, and even this really optimistic, youthful class of 2023 and say, hey, look, they hit on a lot more than they missed. And with drafts, it is hard to do that because there's a lot of unknowns. So, yeah, maybe you're saying we hit this guy, this guy, this guy, but we missed on Jackson Carmen. But when you see the people who were available near the Jackson Carmen pick, it's really hard because that's a position group that you want to go young in. You don't want to um, pay those big time contracts to when it's an offensive line and you have to, to the good ones. And Joe Burrow needs to be protected. Um, but overall that, yeah, Jackson Carmen, it feels like a huge disappointment. It's really unfortunate, but I think if you put him more on the left tackle side as depth piece and, and that's where he's getting his reps and just focus them on the left side at tackle, then maybe that'll be helpful for him with Frank Pollock. And then obviously um, Orlando Brown Jr., you know, hopefully is able to kind of mentor him in that position. And that would be huge for the season. But I agree. I think Jackson Carmen's on the roster. This will probably, I, I thought you could have asked me last year when we did a podcast, I probably said, does Jackson Carmen, is he on the roster in 2023? And I would have said, no. I would have said no way, um, but there were times that they needed him. And offensive line depth is extremely important. And if they feel more comfortable on the left side, do you think in, in the last preseason game he's going to just play the majority of the left tackle spot, like the majority of the game, or do you think he's going to get a lot of snaps? That's going to be interesting. I think he's going to get snaps. I don't think he's yeah. going to be rested or anything. I mean, what are you resting for? He's not a starter. Yeah, <laughs> Put him true. out there. <laughs> put him out there uh see if he can do anything on that left side really I show you like, <laughs> right uh don't play jonah because then you might have to have the discussion if there's an injury but um yeah i think you play him on the left side you try to get him more experience on that left tackle spot he doesn't have a ton of in-game experience just those playoff games and this preseason for the most part um <sighs> i want to get your feel a little bit on do you think the left tackle backup it would be more important than a right tackle backup because Lyle Collins is at least hopefully coming back at some point this season, or would you rather have that swing tackle that can do right or left, but isn't at a, as high of a level? I see. That's a really good question because I think about what the offensive line looked like in 2021 I think about what the offensive line, it got better last year uh, for the majority of the season when they got more reps and chemistry together. For me, this is my hot take with Lyle. It's obviously important to let him get healthy, fully healthy, and they're not rushing him back. Like a Trey Hopkins situation when he came back from his ACL yeah. injury, and they're like, get back out there and start, and that was way too soon, and I feel like he never rebounded from that injury. Um, but with Lyle, take your time. Hopefully Jonah can be just just average. I just need average. If he's above average, then fantastic at right tackle. And then you have Orlando you Brown. in that game too. We haven't talked about it yet, but you look pretty good. <laughs> And, and I, I'm excited to talk about that, but just but just overall with Orlando Brown Jr., a lot of people are saying, and, and I hate saying this because I know how Kansas City fans take it, and I don't mean it as a shot to Patrick Mahomes. Everybody knows he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but I feel like maybe Orlando Brown Jr. will see a little – even, even more, it's crazy to say even more success with Joe Burrow because he's been to Pro Bowls. You know, he's, he's been, I would say, a pretty valuable offensive lineman. Um, and then he gets to be on the left side with him. And, and hopefully, you know, that just helps Orlando Brown. So I'm not answering your question, and I promise I'm going to. Um, I think swing tackle is more important. Yeah, it's such a weird situation, though, because we're calling these guys offensive tackle three. 
And even though mm-hmm. Lyle Collins isn't going to play left tackle, I think he's offensive tackle three on either injury when he's healthy. If Jonah's healthy, you just slot him into right tackle. If Brown gets yeah. hurt, I think they just flip Jonah over and put him in at right tackle and put Collins in there. So you're really you're talking about offensive tackle when Lyle's healthy, at least offensive tackle four and offensive tackle five, which those I, hey offensive tackle four did see the field yeah. <laughs> last year in the playoffs but uh usually those guys aren't relied on as much so it's a lot of talk and hot air about a guy that i don't think is really i don't think he's going to see the field unless there's real bad injuries or an injury early on well here's my curveball and okay. i said Cordell, i said Cordell wilson is my breakout player of the year what if jonah is playing Absolutely fantastic. He's doing his job. Orlando Brown is doing a great job. What he paid, what they paid for. And then you're looking, you're like, mm, we do have a weakness. We have a weakness on the offensive line. But Lyell is fully healthy. Do so you put him in at guard? Uh, I think in a vacuum you could. Mm-hmm. I think when you think about the the confidence needed to play in the NFL and We've seen what happens to higher profile positions, quarterbacks. I think about it with corner all the time. If you lose a little confidence, I do think that you could do that. Put him in for Volson. If Volson doesn't take a leap or even regresses back a little bit, I think you could put Mm -hmm. him in there. But if it was me, man, it would have to be, it would have to be bad because I don't want to take him out. If I feel like he can get right. Uh, I don't think just because like, hey, he's not playing as well as we think Collins might be able to. I've thought mm-hmm. about this with right tackle too, with Jonah. It's like, I'm probably not pulling Jonah, even if it's a slightly no. below average. Like it, if I think he's going to get better throughout the year, then I'm going to leave him in there. If it's bad, legitimately bad. Yeah. You move to Collins. Sure. But I'm not expecting bad. Maybe that's optimism. I'm expecting average uh, and I thought he played above average in that Falcons game, which that was against ones. It wasn't against the twos and threes. Uh, Yeah, it's tough because you have to deal with like the confidence and the ego. And these players are people. They're not just like in Madden. Yeah, you just find like whoever the best five are. You flip them all around the positions and like, I don't like Volson in there. I want a guy with power. I'm just going to move Collins over to left guard and let Volson play the bench. And Volson won't be mad about it because (laughs) it's a video game. But when you think about it, like dealing with the real players, I feel like it's harder. And um, I don't have any, I don't think I have any good Bengals examples for that. Like mm-hmm. the one I thought of was Billy Price was like, well, Billy wasn't really playing well before that, <laughs> before he lost no. his job. But I do think it probably got a little worse when he did lose his job. And then they tried to bring him back when people got injured. So yeah, I think in a vacuum you could, I think it would have to be bad for me to do it though. And if you do that, does that, <sighs> it might shut the window on the Volson experiment. That's why that's what would be my huge worry is that and they you don't do want that, that. For the light upgrade. And yeah. Right. You don't want to do that because you're limiting a, what could be a cheap contract for you. If you're thinking money wise with all the guys you have to pay, but also a guy that's young ish, but mm-hmm. young NFL wise and is still learning and hopefully getting better. You're hoping that he can just progress into a, higher end starter rather than being possibly a liability. I think he's going to 
he was your breakout player. I don't know if I could see that, but I think he is going to be better this year. I think he'll be better than he was last year. Yeah. I don't know if I I I could see him full, whatever breakout means, whether that's pro bowl or that just means like that guy's real good. (laughs) Like, do you think he could become as good or better than the two guys uh, the other two other guys in the interior, or do you think he's going to even with the breakout still be the third best interior lineman on the team? I think the look, I, I think breakout for me personally would make him, you want to, you want to be behind Alex. He's going to be behind Alex Kappa, but he would be the second. That's what breakout okay. would mean. Yeah. To me. Okay. So but, as um, good or better time, than Karis. Yeah. Ooh. That's possible. Ooh. It's possible. It's possible. It is. It is. It is youth age. Um, I, yeah, we'll say that. Um, but overall, I think the most important thing is they keep Lyle Collins on the roster. And I think that's extremely important. Just overall, you take your time with him. You know, he could be a piece that is, we don't know. We don't know what's going to look like with Jonah Williams, but we did get a little bit of a glimpse of that in the preseason game. And I want to get to that next in our next segment on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, segment two, offensive alignment. We could talk about those for three segments, but we will not. We will start segment two with Jonah Williams in preseason game number two. What did you think? I thought he was legitimately good. I I was surprised that I liked him as much as I did, both in the run and the pass game. Other than the pass game, he put out a clean bill for me. I think there were some weird things that happened along some of the other things that may have some people saw like, Hey, that guy got kind of close to Jonah. One, I think Simeon drifts. And that is as an offensive tackle, annoying <laughs> that a guy's just got a quarterback's going to keep going and going. It's like, you're making my job real hard right now. <laughs> Can you stay over there? <laughs> um, but the second one is I was surprised. Like the thing I was most surprised about is he looked powerful on the right side and it was against the ones like it wasn't against practice squad guys or backups this was against the falcons starting defensive linemen there was at least one play that made me and i posted it but i just went oh <laughs> like wow i didn't know he had that in him and i'm fully into a jonah williams surprise breakout season uh even mm-hmm. though the Bengals, that there's there's a small chance they could keep him and by that i mean 0.001 percent and uh it's very dependent on some other guys getting extended, but, and it would be a franchise tag. It would be if, if he plays at like Lane Johnson, not Lane Johnson, but let's say Brian O'Neill level or somebody like really good right tackle. And you already signed T and Burrow. It's like, well, let's just throw a franchise tag on Jonah and run it back with the right tackle. I, mean, I don't see happening. I've seen That's, stranger things, but, but sure. I still feel like the, the closer we get to September First, the more likely that a franchise tag would be used on T Higgins the next year because I oh of course I, yeah you know what I mean yeah right this would be if T and Joe and T mm-hmm. and Joe are both signed um, yeah. but yeah I was surprised at the power because there was one play it was um, it was a double team and he was going to climb up to the linebacker 
and he knocked this i think it was uh, he was on outside shoulder of the guard he knocks that three technique all the way over and then still turns around and then blocks the linebacker out of there as well and i was like okay okay if jonah can bring this as well as some Mm -hmm. solid pass protection i mean that's a level up from what he was at left tackle even in his best year so i'm rooting for it i hope he can stay healthy i think that's a big one and not just healthy as in he's playing games but healthy as in his performance doesn't take a dip because i think he played a lot of last year after the knee thing injured uh, and that didn't help him he didn't start good when he was healthy either so i'm hoping you know he's gonna start better and just keep that clean bill of health going throughout the year. I thought 2021, he was an above average left tackle. I did not think that last year, but can he be an above average right tackle? I thought his feet, which is the hardest part of playing right tackle, look good. I thought they looked good. And I think that's the hardest part of making that flip from left to right is that in pass protection, what used to be your kick foot is now your drive foot. And what used to be your drive foot is now your kick foot. Everything's flipped. But he didn't look like he had any issues with it, even though last time he did it was eight years ago. Yeah, and and I think that's a really good point. Above average Jonah would be so huge for Joe Burrow and just his offensive line in general because I have all the faith in the world in Alex Katha. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., I still want to see what he looks like out there with this team, and it might take a little while. We might look at that first game and look, they're going against, I would say, a very legit um defensive line when you see miles garrett over there it terrifies me just a tad bit thinking that's the first game with this offensive line together obviously tad karis cordell wilson alex kappa jonah williams they've been on the offensive line together but jonah switched on the right side you have orlando brown jr what does that look like and you know we're one game away where it just truly feels like i don't see any of the offensive line starters getting any reps on saturday but Zach could surprise us and be like, you know what, let's put him out there for one game and see what it looks like. But it just kind of more feels like that's their fourth. It's their technically fourth preseason where you're just going to put the bubble players and the guys fighting for a roster spot. And there's still a lot of offensive linemen who will be fighting for a roster spot. So when it comes to depth, I think that's going to be um, an intriguing conversation that we are going to see with the Cincinnati Bengals overall, because it is almost cut day. I want to say it's eight days away from the majority of the rosters just getting chopped down. Yeah. Uh, is it? It's that Friday, right? Yeah. So, so that would be that'd be more than eight right now. Eight, eight days. It's it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming it's, up. It's, gonna it's be, coming up. It's going to be here soon, and it's going to be absolutely crazy in the NFL because if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and let me ask you this, because I think offensive linemen are more important than a tight end, but say a tight end is cut. And a pretty legit tight end. That would be your one and two with Irv Smith. But there's also an offensive lineman as a depth piece. Who are they signing? Uh, I haven't. I think Sharping's going to make the team. I think he's been, mm-hmm. to me, the clear best backup interior guy, both at center and guard. If it's an interior guy, it just strikes me as like there have been interior guys they could have looked at though and they mm-hmm. haven't and i think that they signed cody ford and even if i don't think he's been great i think he's been fine uh mm-hmm. well somewhere around there <laughs> and, uh, and for a backup um i think they might keep him as well but if they get an interior guy i could see it i think they know they're they have too many tackles they're not going to go sign a tackle over a tight end but interior guy maybe I do think yeah. tight ends probably more likely. And then the other waiver wire cut down guy that I have floated around as the idea is 
Brandon Allen doesn't make that 49ers team. <laughs> we already have the backup quarterback issues. There's one we know. <laughs> Do you think they'd look I, at him? I saw, I saw people on uh, Twitter today actually apologizing to Brandon Allen. They were like, we're sorry for everything we said about you after watching some of this backup quarterback play for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I actually want to talk about that right now. Look, I get it. If there's a scenario where Joe Burrow, it sounds like he's going to start week one, but say Joe had to sit out at one point during the season for two to three weeks, I wouldn't say the season's over. I think you could, you still have a very talented roster, but when you watch some of that quarterback play, it is absolutely terrifying. And I don't know how you win with those backup quarterbacks because that's extremely important. So I get the concern when it comes to the backup quarterback position, but a lot of NFL teams, if their starter went down their season, would be over. So I don't get too upset about the situation. It's hard to find good backup quarterback play in the NFL. And like I mentioned before, a lot of teams are in a very similar spot. Um, But what do you think about backup quarterback play and who's going to win that job? That's tough. I don't think either guys separate themselves. Do you? Not really. No, not really. I mean, I think they both have glaring issues. I think Simeon has an NFL arm. I don't, know if Browning does, uh, which mm-hmm. for a backup, you don't need a real good arm, I guess. Sure. But it sure does help. Um, I think Simeon, like I mentioned, he drifts. I, I mean, I don't think Browning is a model of <laughs> pocket presence either. I think he's so what it boils down to for me is I feel like Simeon wants to play in structure and he wants to just use the offense as it is. And what I think Browning does is he's kind of with that one read and then he just plays backyard football. There are a few plays. I thought he had something if he's stuck in the pocket, but he kind of makes a guy miss and goes run around, does something crazy. Sometimes it's great. Those scrambles, mm-hmm. big gains, love them. And then sometimes he rolls to his left and just fires the ball right at a linebacker. You kind of go like, Whoa, let's dial back the chaos a little bit. If it was me making the decision though, I'd go Browning because if my backup quarterback is going to be bad, relatively is going to be um not a high-end backup you know yeah i want i want i want chaos thrown in there rather than just like well maybe we could run a system with this guy give me the chaos give me the skylar thompson's of the world the miami dolphins quarterback in that playoff game he kept them in that dude he almost won yeah, because he played in chaos he wasn't doing he wasn't playing as he just that was wild he would get the ball look all right, <laughs> can I throw a deep ball to Waddle? No, I'm going to go run around and find somebody open, play some backyard football. It was great. It was great. They almost won the game. If you can get that out of Browning, awesome. You may also just get a all-time bad, he's throwing like four interceptions, and you might have to look at a third quarterback in the game <laughs> type of game. But give me the chaos. Give me the variability that he could play really well. Because I don't know if <sighs> – Simeon to me is better if you're going to miss Burrow for a long time. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen. If I'm going to miss Burrow for a half, a quarter, think of like what Chad Henney. Well, Chad Henney was kind of the more Simeon of the. Of Chad the Henney's but, the reason why the, the Chiefs won that AFC or the AFC right. divisional game against the Jags. And the one against Cleveland like three years ago, the divisional yeah. game. Yeah. So he's he, he's done great. I don't think Trevor Simeon has played at Chad Henney's level. <laughs> no, really where no, that no, no. Is. except for that so, one game against the Bengals a long time ago. He had a really good game. I can't remember. Sure, and Brandon one. Allen had near a perfect passer rating against the Houston Texans in Burroughs' rookie year. Um, just throwing bombs to A.J. Green and mm-hmm. T. Higgins. It was great. Uh, yeah, I'm 
I'm at the point I want the little bit of chaos, the variability of a Jake Browning if I have to pick between the two. Because mm-hmm. if I need a quarter, if I need a half, I want that guy to come in and be Taylor Heineke. I want to be Skylar Thompson rather than he comes in and, I mean, we've seen it with Brandon Allen even. It's just like comes in there and he could play below average. I don't know. I don't want him to come in and uh, A.J. McCarron type. Just because they can yeah. play a similar role to the starter doesn't mean that they should be the backup quarterback. I feel like you can get the highs of some of these chaos creators and roll with that, especially when they haven't put anything out on tape yet. Because I think that also plays into it. Is that if, if you're showing that you do that all on tape, you might get some looks from defensive coordinators that ruin it for you. But if it's just one game, variability, crazy stuff, yeah, give me – Taylor Heineke. Do you agree? Disagree? I just, I hope they're not in a position where I have to see any of the backup quarter. It's been enough. It feels like this training camp has been 20 years long because I mean, look, we're, we're used to not having Burrow during training camp. It's pretty normal in Cincinnati, but at the same time, watching this quarterback play has been so bad. I'm not, I'm more of, Hey, have Joe Burrow take his sign, be ready um, with their rehab program, what they have going on. Zach Taylor just still, again, when it comes to updates, nothing too detailed, but he feels optimistic that everything is going fine. Joe's going to be there week one. Uh, but I just don't honestly get do a coin flip when it comes to both quarterbacks at this point. I I just don't know the better backup, what, what backup quarterback you're going to be in a better position for. I honestly feel like, you know, you mentioned it with Brandon Allen. If he is available, that which – he probably will be. They bring Brandon Allen back and they carry three quarterbacks and maybe Jake Browning's back on the practice squad. Yeah, I think that could be That's- it, is that they thought they might get an upgrade in Simeon and Brandon Allen. Maybe he wanted to go try out and see if he could go be the starter in San Francisco with all the turmoil. Neither one of those things happened. They just kind of go, we weren't so bad, were we? <laughs> no, 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 no. And, 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 no more, and there's more actually – well, there's more I want to kind of get to with with the quarterback stuff and Chris Evans, all of that in our next segment. But with Joe Burrow in general, so the Cincinnati Bengals are less than three weeks away from the opener. Zach Taylor said jokingly, Joe needs one rep. He'll be fine and he'll be good to go. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. He's still throwing. Things are happening, but, you know, he's obviously not out there during the open practices that the media is out there. Um, when does Joe Burrow need to take the field so you're not concerned? I don't know if he does. I think my concern would be if they start questioning whether or not he'll actually play week one. But yeah. Yeah. I would guess practice week of game one. That's where he needs to practice, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he could not practice next week and I'd still go, okay, yeah, we're still on the right path. Great right, guys. And then he's just out there Monday. Awesome. Great. We're in. Yeah. I, you know, it seemed like Brian Callahan, who's who's really honest when he talks to the media, it felt like last year they were in a – it was a little more – it was a difficult position because he's gaining weight, he's putting more weight on. He's been in all the meetings, everything that's happening. He's been throwing. We just don't see all the time that Joe Burrow is having his throwing sessions. He was throwing 50 to 60-yard bombs before the preseason game um, almost two weeks ago. So everything seemed to be going all right there. I, I would agree with you. I think if it's game week – and he's taking his first like in media practices with the team, then I'd be like, all right, he's going to be fine. I I do think his contract, the contract stuff doesn't bother me. Um, I, I still think it's a, as long as it's done before they step on a plane in Cleveland, 
I know a lot of people are starting to feel like, hey, if it's September 1st and Penn is not on the paper, I'm a little concerned. It just feels like maybe that's a next week thing. You get the contract extension wrapped up. You take the field the week after. So we'll see when it plays out. But I don't yeah, know. I feel like no I, news I, is, that, is good The news. contract stuff is the one. I feel like I'm more concerned about the contract being done than I am about really? Joe Burrow playing week one. I'm really? really concerned about Joe Burrow playing week one. The contract thing, I think, could bleed into next year, and that's starting to get to – you don't think Whoa. so? I mean, we're no. late. It's late. I don't think so. I don't okay. – I, I think if it's – I there, there's actually more I want to talk about with this, and we're over in this segment, and we're going to continue the Joe Burrow contract extension arc because there's more to add to it. Next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm bringing it to our next segment because we were over and Joe Burrow contract extension. So you think there is a possibility that this does not get done? Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not a high. It's not a high possibility. But if you're asking me, like, who am I more concerned about between, or what am I more concerned about, Burrow playing Week One or Burrow having the contract done this year? It's probably Burrow having the contract done, just because we don't have any updates or anything, and we don't yeah. have the same level of like I feel like every medical expert is said like he should be fine and all this other stuff it makes me feel like he's fine for week one guys when it comes to the contract thing i go i think we're fine <laughs> and they're gonna pay him it's just are they gonna pay him this year or are they gonna pay him next year because you do have you don't want to go into i know it's you only don't. going to get larger you do I not agree. you want to you, and I agree. I agree with you. But I think as a Cincinnati Bengals front office, it, they would be doing a huge – that would be a mistake to go into the season without Joe Burrow being paid for 20 billion different reasons. But the majority of it is what the quarterback market's going to look like next year. And you're going to save money by extending him now, even though it's not about saving money. They, they do endorsements, sponsorships. They sold the name. They did all of this and prep for Joe Burrow's extension. Go get it done. And I honestly think, and maybe, again, I'm too optimistic. I honestly think that no news is good news. Okay. Because because maybe Joe saying, look, look I would have thought Joe Burrow was the first one to get done this offseason. Joe Burrow wasn't the first one to get done. They were able to get Logan Wilson done. I still think they're trying to do the T Higgins extension. Nobody is saying that. No, not one person. We're not even hearing his agent talk. T Higgins is still showing up to everything, but I think it'd be a bad idea if you're anywhere, but the first round and you're, you're setting out your rookie contract, it doesn't really help you in, in any way. So I think that's probably on the Bengals side, but overall, I just feel like, look, let's see what they can do with T Higgins. And then you try to, then you figure out the math with Joe Burrow. They have the numbers. They probably just, there's some smaller detail that they're working out when it comes to Joe. So for me personally, I, 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 I don't have like a high level of concern. I just, this might speak yeah. more to my level of concern for Burroughs availability week one. This is, is, I don't really have any concern there. Yeah. Which is, yeah, totally fine. And the, and the thing is they do have the safety net of the fifth year option, but I just, yeah, I think it gets it on. I'm just, for me personally, I think fans are feeling like, Oh, this is so wrong. You don't have this quarterback done. No, they they're working together. You know, who knows what the stop stop point is right now or, or what conversations they're having. We don't know. Ian Rappaport doesn't know. Adam Schefter doesn't know, because if they knew, you better believe they'd be talking about it or they'd be tweeting something according to their sources. And they have been really quiet. There's been absolutely really no news surrounding that. It's more of Joe Burrow when he's going to return. So, yeah, me personally, I, I agree with you when it comes back when, when it comes to Joe being back on the 
field. I think if it's a week before the regular season and he's back out there with the team, then all right, Joe Burrow's going to go against Cleveland. Um, but hopefully they just get it all out of the way. And like we said before, friends of the show, the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I wish they would go ahead and get it done before a Tuesday or Thursday before we record. We are recording early on this Tuesday. I, I highly recommend they wait until Wednesday or Thursday and they don't drop it tonight because you won't hear from us until maybe we'll do an emergency pod. Who knows? But overall, um, yeah, I feel like we'll see. But no, no super big concerns. Uh, we'll go back to the preseason. Sorry to totally get off topic and talk quarterbacks. But we'll go back to the preseason because I joked on this podcast. I said Chris Evans hype is back. But the Chris Evans hype might be real. And Chris Evans might be a big part of the running back room. What do you think about that? I do think he's shown more than Chase Brown so far. That's my Main That's your take, take on me. Chris Brown? Let's, uh, Chris, I called him Chris Brown. Chris, Chris Evans. Brown, yeah. oh, Chris Evans. Sorry, Chase, combined, sorry, Chase Brown, Chris Evans. I'm, I'm, I'm messing both of you up. But um, but do you, you think that – Who? give me your depth chart in the running back room outside of Joe Mixon. Travion's a wild card. Like, I feel like he still might be running back too. Um, I think he will be. I think mm-hmm. then it's Chris Evans, then it's Chase Brown. I just – it's not even Chase Brown's fault when it comes to running the ball. I think his blocking has been putrid. Not that Evans has had great blocking, but I just feel like maybe I'll have to just cut up every Chase Brown run and to double check. But like, I feel like every time he gets that ball, like there isn't, he's got a guy in the backfield free running at him. He had one run on Friday that was real good. Uh, it was inside zone rep, and he had to. He just navigated some tight spaces, worked through it, got upfield, stayed on his feet through contact. It was great. But other than that rep, I can't think of too many times he had decent blocking. Chris Evans at times still does the I'm not going to follow this play. I'm going to go be an athlete in space type of deal. But it's mellowed out a lot from where it was before. He mostly is sticking to the runs. There was just one rep of a counter play that he just went backside and went rogue and got zero yards. And the first week there was a rep of zone that he made the right cut at first, but then he cut it all the way back rather than getting back on the path. And it caused a holding penalty. Where have we heard that before? Uh, Chris, Chris Evans caused a a holding penalty somewhere, but um, yeah, I think Chris Evans has done better work in pass protection. I think we know he's the best pass catcher of the group. I think Chase Brown in pass protection has been below where I expected. And I didn't, I didn't expect him to be a high end pass protector this year. So it's been, he's running into the lineman a lot and he's kind of at least two times. It might've been more. He runs into the lineman trying to give a chip and gives up a pressure. Like that gets charged probably to the tackle, but it's on him because he got in the way. (laughs) Like the tackle is in control on the rep. Instead of, doing one of those hit the guy as he runs by or just run around the outside. So he can't sprint up field. He kind of runs into the tackle and gets caught. And then the tackle has got to go like, I have to work around you to get to, we've all been there. Yeah. Uh, well, sure. <laughs> I think of yeah, it, I've, been there. I, I've been there in uh basketball situations where it's just like, you're defending a guy and then another guy comes walking by and that defender just starts walking into you. It's like, I'm defending the guy with the ball. Go around me. <laughs> Like, don't get in my way. You're not helping. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like. So, yeah, I think Chris Evans has shown more in pass protection. He missed a pickup, but other than that, he was pretty clean. 
Uh, he doesn't have the best technique, but and he's not very big, which is why I think they're going to go with Travion Williams for that role. Yeah. But I do think – I think he's shown enough to be running back three. I think he's shown enough to make the team, which – Neither one of us expected. We both thought this would, that, that this would be the year he gets cut, but then he finally shows he's got something to him that's more than just athleticism. He's got a little bit of running back technical ability to him, and I think the team's going to like that. He's been a little bit more consistent this year, so I think they're going to keep all four. It's possible if they keep four running backs, are all four active on game day? Like, Is Chase Brown a healthy scratch early on? I, guess I would keep Chase him Brown around, though. I feel like I'd keep him just because as a runner, I keep feeling like he's got the most home run potential. Even Chris Evans is like that high end athlete. I think Chase Brown, in my mind, still has the vision and ability to set up defenders better. Yeah. And I want to talk about another room when it comes to depth. And it's just one of the things that they've been able to do is draft wide receivers. Um, It does help when you're picking in the top five and then when T Higgins is left there in the second round, but just overall, you look at Yoshi and Charlie, what did you think from their second preseason game? I thought Charlie in the slot was much better than Charlie outside. He had a pretty good game. He played every single rep in the slot Um, last week or the week before, whatever you want to call it. He played a majority of them in the slot, but it felt like all of his targets came outside and he was not able to generate any separation on the outside. To me, that is a little bit of a skill issue, but it's also because he's not very big and he's not elite fast to really threaten defensive backs vertically. And they're not afraid to jam into him. And he's not strong, like as strong as like a T Higgins, Jamar Chase. I could just take that jam and just run through it. He kind of gets pushed to the sideline. Uh, Yoshi Voss looks good. I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised that, you know, I, he was a, one of my guys getting going in there. Yeah. I predicted the Bengals would draft him. One of my only hits. Uh, but I also just thought like, I mean, you don't teach that size athleticism combination. And if you think that he's got more to him than just size and athleticism, take him in the draft somewhere. And if you depends how much you think, uh, maybe if it was real high level, you'd go in like the Charlie Jones fourth round, third round type thing. Uh, but if you weren't as confident in it, or maybe you just thought nobody else was, in it, was as into him as we are, we'll get him in the six like they did. So mm-hmm. I think he's definitely making the team, which that was always a fun conversation at the start oh. before everything started. It was like, you're not going to cut this guy. He's, he's going to make the team just from a – athleticism this guy will get scooped up if we cut him standpoint um but yeah i've been surprised at how technically refined he is because that's not something that's not something you could really see in his ivy league film because Mm -hmm. defenses when there's an nfl player in the ivy league i feel like defenses kind of go crap (laughs) like this guy is out of where we normally want to be competition wise. So they're not going to press jam him and give him a lot of snaps and single high. You know, he's going to have a safety over the top. He's going to have to do some work underneath. He's done a better job catching the ball away from his body. I know they're working on him with that. Uh, Still does let some of them get in, but I've seen him make an effort to catch the ball away from the body. Body controls there. I think he did a good job on that one place shielding the defender coming down with the jump ball. He had that play where he, my favorite play, tight physical man coverage, and the corner is outside leverage. 
and he beats that leverage, wins on the out route, draws a defensive pass interference, and then still catches the ball. Great. Awesome. That's fantastic. So there are high-level reps in there. I think consistency can be an issue sometimes. He can get jammed. He can get moved. Um, but I'm impressed. I would I would put him – to me, definitely making the team. I would, I would think on my team he would be active roster. Yeah. I'm not sure, though, because I, you, do have, you have to – but you have to have Irwin on the active roster – and then you have to have Morgan on the active roster for special teams. And now you're going to put Yoshivas on the active roster. Is Charlie Jones inactive? Well, then you, who's your backup slot receiver? Because I thought Jones did look fine there. So are you going to activate mm-hmm. seven wide receivers on game day? And that's, I guess, where you can get into the Chase Browns inactive instead of one of them. But I don't know. That'll be interesting to look at. I think they both make the team and they're they, – at. Yossi Voss has looked good two weeks in a row. I wonder if Charlie Jones can put a second week together. Yeah, I think that's what we're really going to be looking for in this last preseason game because normally they're pretty boring. You're you're getting the back half of the roster, getting guys who are probably going to be on another team or they're going to be on the practice squad or they're fighting for that last roster spot for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have some hard decisions to make when it comes to depth pieces. And I think that this is what's going to be this last preseason game, what are we going to see out of Charlie Jones? And I think it was, it was optimism after this one against Atlanta and and what more can we see? And I think a lot of people, again, have to remember this guy's playing with a little bit of an injury right now. And he's probably going to have to play through the rest of his rookie year with this injury. Um, Players do it all the time. So it's nothing too crazy. I, I just, I don't know when it comes to active game day rosters, what that looks like, but Yoshi, man, his excitement is there. But if, if Yoshi's active, do you think he's more of a special teams guy? Yeah, I think he could be fun, though, if you just draw. He's not going to be the backup outside receiver because that's going to be Trent Irwin. So maybe that does. Maybe that's why he isn't active on game day is you have the backup outside receiver right now. You need the special teamers. I guess I did see a clip of him doing some good work at special teams, so maybe he could make it there. But mm-hmm. you're not going to – you're probably not unseating Morgan, <laughs> special teams um, – Really? You think Morgan's making the team? You don't? I don't know. I think he is. He's the best special teamer on the team. He's the best blocking wide receiver, too. I think Yoshivas has shown some good blocking and some good special teams work, but I I think it's going to be Morgan. I don't know. I'm a Morgan guy, though. I I feel like we've been here. I know you are, and I love Stanley Morgan because Joe Burrow, I don't know if it was Joe Burrow's rookie year or the 2021 season, but he said that He's the reason they are where they were at the time. I don't know if it was like the mindset or whatever, but Stanley Morgan, Joe Burrow was praising him on the roster and what he's been able to do. And 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 I I say keep him, keep Stan, Stan the man. He's gonna get a touchdown this year. Can feel it. God, I hope but, so. Uh, he didn't he have one that got called back last year? Mm-hmm. I think he did. He yeah. did. He did. So uh, we'll see. No, and and next week, well, next week's going to be crazy because there's going to be the roster cuts. It's going to be kind of that waiting period between the regular season first game practice week uh, before they take on Cleveland uh, that weekend that we get a little bit of a break before all the craziness begins. And hopefully the Bengals season lasts until the middle of February. Uh, But no, I'm I'm pumped to talk about that and kind of preview what we're going to see in this last game. But I'll just say this right now. I cannot wait until the Cincinnati Bengals are on the plane and getting back to Cincinnati. I hate FedEx field. 
I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that being the last preseason game. It terrifies me when it comes to injuries and just get out without injuries and get ready for Cleveland. That's the best time to have it. If you have to go to FedEx field though, because no starters play preseason game three. That's true. That's true. I don't want anybody That's getting true. hurt though. It's a crap. No, field. no, 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 no. But I, Cursed that field, field. Isn't, isn't my favorite at all. It's so bad. That, that whole thing last night. I don't know if you watched the preseason game with the Baltimore Ravens and Washington. I, Did you watch that? No, I saw, I saw highlights. Yeah, I didn't watch. Yeah, that's pretty sad. When I'm like, did you watch the preseason game? Did you see what happened? Did you see the Bengals' opponent that they're going to see on Saturday? Washington? No. And sure I, I'm, ready I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Joe Burrow to be back out there. I, 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 we just talked about it in the second segment, but I'm ready for Joe to be back out there. We're going to talk about regular season. We just got to get this last one over with. Any yeah. any Time last thoughts on preseason? Um, I think the one thing that we didn't hit on is probably the only defensive thing we talk about is uh, J2 Fale is interesting. Because I think he brings something that the Bengals don't have on the interior in a guy with that type of get off and ability to rush the passer. And, uh, but is I don't think he's a lock for the team like some people do, because the run defense has been very inconsistent where he can get demolished in the run game or he makes a standout play in the run game. And it kind of reminds me of a Dollar General type of Ogan Joby and Ogajobi was able to make the splash plays, but he also mm-hmm. kind of gamble and then give something up. And it's similar to that. Do the Bengals want that? Or are they going to roll with like a Dominique Davis who might be a little bit more consistent, but not have the same juice? That to me is interesting. And I think Tupo, he's a nose tackle. He's the backup nose tackle. He's a lock for the team, in my opinion. Um, but that'll be interesting. I feel like it's a battle not too many people are talking about, but Dominique Davis versus J2 Fele, who is the last defensive tackle to make the roster. I think it's pretty close. We will see. We will see what that looks like. We are almost there, and uh, we'll have a preview, double mailbag on Thursday. Make sure you send your questions. You can follow Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNBS Patterson. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.